based on the surveys, I have never seen any Amazon consumer expecting that you are going to have the same price every day. There is no expectation like that. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Eva serves hundreds of private label seven figure sellers. To get a 15 day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Hey folks, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast, a subset of the amazing FBA family for six, seven and eight figure Amazon private label sellers. Today we are talking with Eva, uh, head and founder, hi Mark, and we are talking profits. Uh, specifically, how can you maximize the profits by smart pricing and managing your pricing, particularly difficult for private label sellers. Repricing software has been around for uh, sellers, resellers, so retail arb, online arb, uh, wholesale sourcing. But for private label sellers, there hasn't really been a solution. So that's an interesting topic of conversation. If you are a private label or custom product seller, then you would be very, very well advised to listen because this is about increasing your profits. And if you get it right, increasing your profits without, get this, increasing the number of units you have to sell. Every unit you sell is a unit you have to restock, which is painful right now, right? So worth listening and taking notes. Enjoy the show. One of the most important things is that relationship between the two things, right? And any thoughts on on how that impacts the situation? No, I mean, there's definitely, there is one more question that you, you also mentioned that a lot of sellers are doing this manually today. And my question to these the sellers is like, the, the challenge is like anything that is deviating their interest or focus from the product, product quality, supply chain, I think it doesn't make any sense to spend time on pricing. That's that's one thing. I mean, the the sellers should like just outsource this stuff. And in this case, you know, Eva is doing it perfectly, and it's almost impossible to do it in the way that Eva does because out of all these parameters, the other important thing is the Amazon. Because if you change the prices and Amazon is not happy with that, based on the Amazon fair pricing policy, then the buy box will be suppressed and which nobody wants as well. So Eva already knows and aligned with that fair price policy and ensures that you have the buy box 100%. And when I talk about the buy box, some of the private labels will say, well, I have no problem with buy box. I got it. I hear it all the time. But here is the thing. You do not own the buy box 100%. And maybe it's 97% because 3% of the time it is suppressed, which means you're going to have a drop of 30% of your, of your sales during the suppression time. So all of them together, it doesn't make sense to manually update the prices, rather make it a more efficient and automated or autonomous, but then have a control on the end result. If you don't like a, a, a price, it can always be updated uh, in the system too. So that's a much better, you know, kind of using the autonomous pricing, but also 
you know, maybe spending 5% of the time that you spent before and uh, make sure that, you know, you're happy with the, what we you see as, as the result of the pricing gain. So that makes a lot more sense, I think, for the sellers. Absolutely. I mean, when you, if you're a private label seller who thinks that you have the buy bucks 100% of the time, you really need to go and check your statistics because that's never true. I mean, and uh, yeah, right. you're absolutely right. If you think that you've already drifted away from reality, go check your stats. The thing you're talking about with solutions, very interesting point. So really, you've outlined there's artificial intelligence, which which is quite rare. <laughs> and obviously, you, you've been in that field, specialized in that, and you specialized it as a student for, for two decades. So this is one of the reasons I think you're an important person to talk to about this stuff because there's then i guess rule-based systems which we've mentioned before but we can talk about but then the thing about the manual thing is that strikes me is this because it's such a big and fiddly job in a constantly fluctuating situation if you're going to outsource it to somebody it's going to be literally a full-time job for one person and then you're going to have to manage them so you're still going to have to as the as the whatever ceo coo in your business sooner or later review other people's work or review the work that you get from an automated system right so either way you've got to have the structure of pay a bit of money, get somebody to do it or get a system to do it and then review it yourself manually. So in a way, I don't think it's so different from each other as people might think. I mean, what are your thoughts around that? Do you have people that sort of blend some kind of manual teamwork with Ava or how do people do that in real life? In real life, it's almost like, you know, people leave 99% of the job to Eva. And one of the things that I think it works very well with, you know, autonomous systems like Eva is to reflect or to visualize all the changes. So Eva, whenever Eva changes the price, it's, it's kind of uh, very clear, very transparent to the, to the CEO or, or the owner of the company. And if, you know, spending like maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day, will be more than enough just to check like all the pricing decisions. And, you know, maybe there is something that you know that Eva doesn't, and that may impact the price decision. For example, you got a call from China and you know that the next, uh, you know, shipment will not arrive in four weeks because it's stuck somewhere in Hong Kong. I mean, that information is not available to the system. Uh, But because you know that, that may impact you to, intervene and you know create another decision right and that's super simple it can be done in few seconds just to update the price so what i'm saying is like do not like as some of the private labels like they're all getting a bit afraid oh you know this system will change our prices we're gonna lose the loyalty we're gonna lose our sales well in in fact i mean nobody is expect i mean i would like to tell all the private label uh, sellers Based on the surveys, I have never seen any Amazon consumer expecting that you are going to have the same price every day. There is no expectation like that. It is not retail and your price is not like $10. It is really like, you know, 5.46 pounds and tomorrow it is 5.48 pounds. Nobody cares about that. What we people care is at the time they look at your product. They want it to be available and they want to buy it. They want to, and then they can want, they can have a one click buy and uh, they definitely check your competitors. Don't think that they will just buy from you. And if you are like maybe priced higher, that may create a question mark. You know, unfortunately, loyalty is not that high, you know, and that's why people go to Amazon to, again, number one reason 
variety of products. It doesn't mean they will always go and try find your product and buy that one. Yeah, it's very true. And two two reflections on that. One is that I think we get very stuck in comparing ourselves to ourselves as sellers. And that's a bit like product-centeredness as opposed to consumer-centeredness. It's very dangerous because that is not the world that consumers inhabit, as you say. They go to Amazon and it's not about what your price was three months ago. They don't care and remember that it's about what your price is compared to the competition right now. So in other words, it's sort of, it's more geographical than time-based. They're not historians. They're like looking around the landscape and going, oh, this is actually attractive looking and it's half the price of this one, so I'm going to buy that. As you said, there's not much loyalty. And I think we delude ourselves if you think that they're that obsessed with history. And you know why we do it? Apart from being centered on ourselves, because all human beings naturally self-centered, that's normal, but it's a mistake (laughs) as a business owner. But also because once in a thousand times, you're going to get a a really angry message from somebody. And we're going to remember that because one person a thousand, whatever it is, I don't know if it's a hundred and a thousand, very rare consumers actually care enough to get angry about it. But that doesn't mean the majority does. I mean, I would say the statistics are what you got to follow. So just a couple of thoughts. When it comes to then this, you mentioned already, let's deal with this. Artificial intelligence is rare. Most people claim it, but it's probably more rules-based. How do we know as users of such systems, how are we going to tell the difference? Because if everyone's claiming the same thing. Right. I mean, when it comes to the, it's really about giving you a next best action, right? I mean, whatever the concept is, there is a next best action with the with an AI system. If the next best action, and, and, and I try to explain it and I try to make it simple, in an algorithm, it's like if A equals one and B equals two, then do X, let's say. That's the algorithm, okay? Then each time A equals one and B equals two, it will always be the same result, 100%, no change. That's the algorithm. Now with AI, The AI thinks that if A equals one and B equals two, maybe do X, but with a probability. Like the probability is, let's say 35%, do X. But if doing X do not create the best result, meaning that there is a price change and the price change uh, impacted the velocity in a negative way, let's say, because that's not the aim. Then the artificial intelligence will take that result into into the decision-making process and increase the weight of deciding on doing A or doing B as a result, something else. You know, like the probabilities change every day, which means that if you kind of, if I try to convert it into uh, like what you're going to see is different results based on, you know, like the same decisions because the decisions are always tailored to what the Amazon is like doing with that decision, because the Amazon way is not always the same. Amazon is also changing the algorithms. For example, Amazon is changing the way the the buyback suppression works from time to time. Amazon changes the way they check the Walmart prices and suppress your buybacks. There's a lot of things and changes all the time. And then the, the, the Amazon seller will know that the best decision is changing in an AI system. If you, if you use a system for a couple of months, you may come up with a, a very different decision. Not only the decision, there is also the magnitude. For example, a certain uh, condition happened, maybe you're going to see that today the price changes 0.5%. Tomorrow, it's the same demand. Like you can easily tell me as the demand is increasing, price is increasing. And I can 
tell you, yes, you're right. It will never be like when the price demand will increase, one day AI will think, no, 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 it's not anymore. The price should now decrease. But the magnitude of the change changes in the in an AI system, if it's clear. <laughs> Try to make it as simple as possible. I think I got it. Yeah. So it's so obviously you got the, the job of explaining to non-technical people about um, technical things. So that's always always going to be tricky so let's this seems like a natural point to say well at some point you probably just got to try it and and see the results because what, what i suppose you're saying if i put it in simple words is it's going to look very variable day to day but the only way you're going to tell that the system has learned to manage for a specific result is to look at the results over time right so i guess you just have to try stuff out in the end so let's talk about what eva offers or eva I never even know how to say it, Ava.guru. Ava. So what is offers in terms of repricing stuff? How do people use it and what, what offers have we got for them? I, I really like what you said. You know, it's very important to try before, you know, anything. And uh, we offer a trial period. It's 15 days today. And we did a lot of tests. It's actually uh, one week of tests is more than enough because you can switch on the pricing for the uh, SKUs and check it out, like how the things work. And in a week or two, you'll have an understanding. And, and if you don't, like we always, you know, work with you, there is 24 by seven support. We make sure that, you know, you, your, your products are, you know, priced correctly. And then based on that, you observe it for a few weeks and, you know, you'll get to the result. Now, the other thing is it's not, there is no annual commitment or anything on EVA. We very much trust that the system works for the Amazon sellers because more than uh, 1,100 Amazon sellers in UK and in US are using it. So we are very confident because of that, there is no uh, contractual you know, li you know, liabilities or anything. So you know, for a seller, just try it for 15 days, you know, subscribe for a month, and continue to use it. And uh, if you don't like it, it's always, uh, you know, they can cancel. But what we have seen is very obviously, very obvious results because we asked them to put a minimum price, like a, a minimum affordable price, which is typically their aesthetic price. Like, And then the system will sell the same sales velocity always above that static price. So no brainer, it will just generate more profits. Typically, it's five, 10% more profits over a month that anybody can easily observe. Looking to increase your online sales? Join Ecom Events at one of their four events throughout the USA Miami in January, San Diego in March, Minneapolis in July, and New York City in October. The conference offers learning, tips, and tools needed to increase your sales, networking, food and refreshments, prize drawing, and lots of fun for all seller levels. Head on over to www.e-comevents.com and register today with promo code AMAZINGFBA to save $50 off your ticket cost. Excellent. Well, yeah, that's that's easily done. And by the way, just to, to put in, in perspective, I was chatting to a seller the other day about Ava and I said, look, by my calculations, and by the way, they've got pretty low gross margins at the moment because I've had big challenges from China. They're not the only ones in that situation. So then profit margins are down a lot more than they would be normally. And I said, 
even so, if you look at the cost of ever and and how much you need to increase your profits to pay for this, I calculate it was about one percent increase in profits. Like that's pretty titchy. Like any system that's any good at all is going to do better than one percent. And so if you increase it ten percent, you've got a massive return on investment. And as you said, it's not going to take very long. Again, if it works the way it should, and the only way you're going to know stuff is to try it out. Which really brings us to how people get to, to use the trial. So if you go to amazingfba.com forward slash ever eva, you can access that free trial as well. And I have to say that the support is very, very good. The the clients I've got who are using Ava are very impressed uh, at the amount of manpower that you've thrown at this, which is unusual for a, an affordable software. Normally, it's like a, a an agency charging you thousands will do that, but not normally a software. So that's very good. And uh, I have to say, so far, the results are very impressive for the guys I've got using it. So I know also that we've got a... Um, a, uh, a cheat sheet coming up which is not created yet at the time of the uh, broadcast but the live broadcast but for the podcast listeners should be there so if you go to amazingfba.com forward slash reprice r-e-p-r-i-c-e you get access to that as well if you're listening on the podcast so you you and i are creating that hit high aren't we so we better have to get on with that now we've made a public promise other things i should mention by the way which we haven't got around to yet parent child pricing is something you just developed isn't it which sounds really exciting for mid-november so that should be available once people hear this on the podcast how does that work how are you how are you setting that up Right. I mean, actually, there are like just three interesting features that just we are we launched now, and and it's 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 really getting a lot of traction. And I want to talk about them like very briefly. Number one is what you said, the parent-child pricing, because most of the time there is a parent SKU, which is really a virtual SKU. It doesn't exist. It's just to create an umbrella for the child, which is the variations of the product, like size like color or like the packs. I mean, one of the biggest problems with private labels, are they going to sell it in one pack, two pack, four packs? Then what will be the price between one, two, four packs? And if I increase the price 50% on one version, then how it will impact the the two-pack version or the four-pack version, for example. And uh, what we did was like, first of all, um, ensure that if the demand on the parent level is increasing, then the prices will be increasing altogether in a harmony. If because uh, the 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 child, the kids or the child agents, they can act on their own, which is the normal behavior. But we are bringing the ability to work as a parent. Like there is like a parent price change, which basically means that all the child agent prices will be changed together and simultaneously that's one thing number two is based on a ratio between the one pack three pack six packs versions of the same uh, sku we are going to update the prices based on that ratios between different uh, units which is like i'm talking about a super advanced functionality uh, but it really helped a lot of sellers because it's a it's a numbers game and this type of an advanced functionality can also bring another 1% additional revenue. It's really all about that getting that 1%, but we are just writing, try, you know, creating multiple ways to get 1%. Like inventory-based pricing is another one, for example, right? Yeah, great, which I know we're going to talk about in the next episode. So just very quickly then, what are the other two new features that you're mentioning? Because we ought to wrap this episode up soon, but it'd be good to hear what they are. 
Sure. Like one is that, you know, you mentioned uh, one of the sellers getting products from China, but there are similar products. And if, if a very similar product is priced uh, much lower than you, then even if you spend thousands of dollars on marketing, you will get nowhere because your price is already higher than a similar product. So we created uh, another feature which you can monitor the similar products, which is not a big deal. I know some other companies are doing that, but we, you can also price based on the competition. For example, you can say I'll be 6% lower than the competition or 5% higher. And there's a similar ASIN pricing, which is quite unique. The last one is psychological pricing. A lot of sellers are looking for not uh, f- like a 5.02, but they want to price their you know SKU 4.99 or 4.49. And that's like a a rounding, price rounding, let's say, function, which is also available on EVA. And and a lot of sellers were waiting for that for a couple of months. And I think that will be another interesting feature. It's really, I cannot say it is the, uh, it is as, as it is a psychological pricing. I cannot say that, oh, that will be the, another 1% for you. But at least psychologically, the the, the, the prices will be, 4.99. I'm still um, personally, I'm not convinced that it is the, the 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 it is really impacting Amazon sales. But I know that psychologically, a lot of sellers want that. <laughs> and you know what will be interesting? You just basically run an experiment effectively with those who are obsessed with it versus those who aren't, and you can just compare notes and you can see you'll get the data. That's the beauty of running a system like that, right? The data will eventually tell you what the truth is, rather than speculation. So it's a beautiful thing. Well, look, kind of, we're going to talk about stock control in another episode, but for the moment, it just remains for me to say two things. First of all, if you haven't checked it out yet, amazingfba.com forward slash eva e v a super affordable pricing for the amount of power that's under the hood i think and the only way to know is to try it out so i would urge anyone in q4 anything that could drive your profits especially if you're going to be short of stock is a really great time to try it out and the other thing to say is uh, thank you very much hi for coming on the show always a pleasure to talk to you thank you thank you for having me thanks for listening to the 10k collective podcast for six and seven figure amazon sellers I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.